0: Greetings, adventure. Welcome to the D20 Academy podcast. I'm Shiloh.
1: And I'm Gabriel. And this week is episode 44, the Class Spotlight
0: on the Sorcerer. Hey, welcome to this week's Class Spotlight. This is the thing we do every month. Uh, Well, except for last one, but mostly every month. (laughs) Where we take a uh, Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition class... And we give you guys all the stuff you need to know about it: its description, its strength and weaknesses, some of its cool stuff, all that stuff. Yeah, <laughs> all that stuff, and more. All the cool stuff for just half it's, off. It's, it's all of it for twenty-five percent off. Um, for three payments no, just of nineteen ninety-nine. <laughs> Uh, just to see if like if you wanna play a sorcerer, if if it's the right class for you. Uh, if you wanna find that out you can listen you can listen to this episode. Maybe if you're a GM and one of your players is playing a sorcerer and you wanna uh, know more about it so you can um, understand them better, all that kind of stuff. Um sorcerer's a good one, a fun one because because uh, you you play you've played a sorcerer. Mm-hmm. Played a sorcerer for like two and a half years. Quite fun.
1: So but you better know what you're talking about. You yeah, better know what you're of talking about. the few things just like in life that I have enough experience to have an opinion on.
0: <laughs> so I'm, I'm ready for this one. Okay, quick plug before we get into it. Gabe, can you, can you plug our stuff?
1: Yes, of course. Our Instagram is at D20 underscore Academy. Uh, we also have a Discord. You can message us on Instagram to get into the Discord. You can also just message us or find it on our Anchor page. On Discord, it's easier for you to ask us questions, whatever you want to know about from either just D&D or homebrew or for perhaps another role-playing system that you want to know about or are thinking of playing or are playing and you want to talk about or ask questions about it. Discord is the place to go.
0: Yes, sir. And we also have some cool stuff because uh, quarantine. Quarantine's fun. By the way, if there's some weird stuff and and like weird pauses when we're talking, it's because we're talking over Discord. Um, because obviously we're quarantining ourselves. Also, you should be doing that. Um, but we have, we were doing some cool stuff because of because of quarantine for you guys, homebrew stuff and all that. Um, so if you want to keep up to date with that, uh, you can uh, follow us on Instagram and Discord, and we'll be letting all you guys know about that kind of stuff. Okay. Anything else? Uh, I think that's it let's jump into it
1: all right so let's start with a brief description of what sorcerers are sorcerers aren't exactly just your run-of-the-mill wizard uh, it has some differences that I quite liked when I was playing and I think a lot of you will like as well sorcerers are people who get their power from like a mysterious source perhaps it's like an ancient ancestor you're like, draconic blood in you or perhaps it's a celestial being who has blessed you with power or a fiendish person in the shadows who's lurking and is deciding to give you some of their power or something like that or you were part of like a mysterious like uh, ritual or something as a child there's a bunch of different backstories and backgrounds that you can pull into when you want to play a sorcerer and it's all about something mysterious happening, or something powerful happening that gave you power. Yeah. Uh, magic is, uh, a lot more, it's said to be a lot more, like, volatile, and you're able to manipulate your magic more than a lot of other magic
0: users. Yeah, it, it's really cool. A concept of a sorcerer is basically, like, um, in D&D, like, there's only a couple ways you can get magic. So, like, one is from, like, a deity. Um, so, like, if you're a cleric. You can get like divine magic some is like from nature if you're like a druid or whatever you like get in tune with nature if you're a wizard you study the arcane um so you you try to get magic from from books and spells you know spell books or like knowledge um and then a warlock gets magic from making a deal with some kind of uh powerful being like um a a demon lord or an elf or like a fake king or like a cthulhu monster Mm. Um, but sorcerers <laughs> just like they have it like in their blood it's just like a part of their being um, and it can come mm-hmm. from all kinds of different sorcerers and
1: yeah it can be a little bit confusing between like the warlock and the sorcerer like uh, what exactly is the difference between like oh like making like a pact with the arch fiend or being you know blessed with power from an arch fiend
0: it, it
1: comes down to the kind of semantics a little bit and there are mechanical differences as well but just know that you have a lot to play around with here with how exactly you got your power. Mm-hmm. And you're not just, like, nailed down to, okay, I have to have a really powerful ancestor.
0: Mm-hmm. I think, like, a really good, like, in my mind, example of, like a, like, a stereotypical sorcerer is, like, Chandra from Magic the Gathering. I don't actually know if she is, like, a sorcerer and she just, like, has it in her blood. But just, you know, kind of a rebellious, kind of very emotionally driven Person who just has lots of powerful magic that kind of comes in in bursts and explosions, and they can't like fully control it, um, but it's just like a part of their being and kind of, you know, kind of like depends on their emotions and all that kind of stuff, rather than like a studious wizard who has like studied magic for years and years and years. Exactly,
1: and that also uh, factors into the fact that sorcerers are charisma casters. They use their charisma score, mm. their ability modifier, and all that for all their spell casting. So, a lot of sorcerers do tend to be a lot more, you know, out there, or, you know, more charismatic, obviously. Yeah. But, it, sorcerers are often played against the stereotype of a typical spellcaster, you know, they have, you play, like, oh, look, I don't really care about learning more, or whatever, mm-hmm. uh, I don't need to spend time studying books, or connecting to nature, or
0: appeasing a god. Yeah. They're like they're like they're like your classic like anime character who's like really strong and they're like I don't have time to learn master I just want to get out there and defeat the bad guy and save my father, um, and then they have to learn to <laughs> get That's the to get the basics down and you know all that like Z- oh my gosh Zuko okay Prince Zuko from Avatar Last Airbender <laughs> he's a perfect kind of sorcerer archetype of course you can play your sorcerer however you want but what Gabe is saying is true it is important to look at. Um, you know, the mechanical aspects of, like, where do, does your d and character get their magic from? Um, wizards have high intelligence. They use intelligence to cast. And that's because they're learned people, right? They're, they're smart, knowledgeable people who, like, have read books and keep uh, tomes and all that kind of stuff. That's why they use intelligence. Whereas, like, clerics use wisdom, right? Their, their faith and their morality is what drives their magic mm-hmm. because they follow their deity. Um, paladins use charisma... Because their leaders and soldiers on the battlefield who, you know, have to, like, act as a rallying point for the people around them are, like, holy warriors, you know what I mean? So it's an interesting thing to look at is where does your D&D character get their magic? Like, what ability do they use for magic? Because that can um, give you a hint at at kind of how they should use that magic, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. Or, like, where they got it from. Yeah. I'd say the only weird one is Warlocks, which we'll get into on the Warlock class spotlight.
1: (laughs) You just hate the Warlock.
0: I don't hate... I love the Warlock. I love the concept of the Warlock. Okay, we're going to talk about that (laughs) when we talk about the Warlock. Um, But yeah, that's that's what a Sorcerer is.
1: Strengths of a Sorcerer. Now, Sorcerers can be pretty good at just being a Blaster Caster. That's what I did a lot. Uh, their strengths are in versatile spellcasting. They have a lot of options built into their class. is this thing you call metamagic uh, that you unlock later that allows you to, like, manipulate your spells. And you can do a lot of cool things with those. You can take really high damage turns if you want to
0: blow a lot of resources. <laughs> yeah, insane amount of damage turns, yeah. Yeah.
1: I quite liked it. There's a lot of strengths to it. You yeah, have like your typical like spellcaster strengths where, you know, like at higher levels, like, oh, I have a lot of magic. I can do
0: a lot mm-hmm. of things. Mm-hmm. When you get but to 5th level, you're a god. be
1: able to like, manipulate your spells and have those turns where you cast multiple spells per turn, that's what kind of sets it apart strength-wise.
0: Yeah, I, I've, I really liked it from, you know, when you were playing it when I was G- GMing that campaign um, that you played, which you basically played from... Well, I mean, we went all the way up to twentieth level. The last few levels you did take in Warlock, though, so you didn't get all the way up to twentieth level Sorcerer. But you did have like what, like fifteen or so levels in Sorcerer. I had seventeen. Seventeen. I so ba- basically, you played a Sorcerer like all- basically all mm-hmm. the way up to to the end of the class. Um, there was not like a ton of new abilities and stuff that you could have really gotten um, that would have changed much. So you have lots of experience as a Sorcerer, definitely. Um, and as a GM, I have a lot of experience with one of my players playing a Sorcerer, all the way up from 1st to 20th level, basically. Um, and it was really cool to uh, see how the Sorcerer works and all that, all, all that cool stuff. And Gabe is someone who really loves to dive into the technical and mechanical aspects of a game, specifically Dungeons & Dragons. He loves looking at like homebrew stuff, how can he really maximize his resources, make like a really cool build. Um, that's something he really enjoys. And so because of that, like, I trusted him with just figuring himself out and, you know, choosing all the stuff that he wanted to. Um, I didn't, like, need to hold his hand per se, um, as I had to with some other, you know, new players and stuff who, who, you know, aren't into those kind of aspects of the game as much. Um, so it was really cool because Gabe would, you know, try to figure out cool ways to use the Sorcerer's abilities, um, the, the things that make the sorcerer unique in the ways that they can twist and, and alter their spellcasting and all that kind of stuff. He could, like, ramp up to these really explosive turns where he burned a ton of resources, but, like, they were super awesome and epic. Uh, and that was really cool. So...
1: Yeah. Uh, it plays a lot into, like, how spellcasting works in D&D, where it's, like, you know, resource management. You're like, oh, I have this many spell slots at this level and this level and this level. How can I maximize my usage? This is this might not be something that you care about, but I'm saying that if you do care about that and you like, like, the resource management of spellcasting, you can do even more with the sorcerer.
0: Yeah. For sure. It's, 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 it's super cool. Sometimes it did get a little broken and, like, he would, (laughs) like, say, like, okay, then I do this and this and this in one turn. I'd be like, eh, can we check the rules on that? And it was, like, totally legal. And I was like, okay. (laughs) Okay, I guess that's a thing that he can do. Um... Because there were some times I was like, "Wow!" Uh, and then, of course, you know, the person who played the Paladin did a turn like that every turn. But anyway, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love <laughs> I love to bash on the Paladin. Stupid, yeah, me stupid too. Paladin.
1: But okay, we're chalking it up to be something that's insanely powerful. This class is crazy, but it does have its weaknesses. For sure, definitely. Yeah, for sure. It has like the typical like weakness of a lot of spellcasters, at least like with like the Wizard, it chair's in common that it can be a bit of a glass cannon, you know? Yeah. It doesn't get a lot of hit points, you know, D6 hit die. Uh, You can, like, get more hit points from, like, your uh, subclasses that you choose. But typically, the sorcerer is on the weak side, health-wise.
0: Yeah, health, armor class, all that kind of stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. So, like most, like, straight spellcasters, which are basically only wizard and sorcerer are, like, the only, like full-on spellcasters. Yeah, thinking about it. They're like the only uh, one because cleric, clerics and warlocks and bards are kind of... They have a little more access to some armor and weapons, and they have higher uh, hit dice mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Um, sorcerers and wizards have D6 hit dice. They're brittle. They're brittle, fragile little things. Um, if you're a GM and you're listening to this and one of your players is playing a sorcerer and you guys are in the early levels, uh, same with wizards. You want to make sure to ease off a little bit on uh doing any any monsters that you're running in a combat encounter who have attacks that deal lots of damage uh try to gear those more towards the fighters barbarians paladins in the party because they can stand that because uh, if you take your ogre and make him whack a first level sorcerer you can literally kill him right off like murder him in one attack like not knock him unconscious kill him just because of a certain way you rolled, like not even a critical hit, you just kill him. Um, so be careful uh. about that, because wizards and sorcerers are very brittle. Um, however, of course, they can be really, really strong.
1: Okay. Also a little tidbit here. Sorcerers are one of the spellcasters that gets uh proficiency in constitution saving throws. Good thing to keep in mind there. Sorry I should have mentioned that in strengths earlier. So, concentration and throws are really important for spell because that's where you're going to be rolling to make sure that you maintain concentration on concentration spells when you get hit.
0: Yes. So just
1: a little tidbit in there, just one throw that Yeah. It can uh, come into play a lot. Another weakness... Also, Yeah. Yeah. another weakness that a lot of sorcerers will run into, I kind of worked my way around it just because of the backstory that I had in mind, and then I found a subclass, that they're like, oh, this actually really helps with that problem too. Sorcerers have limited access to spells. Very limited access to spells.
0: Uh, Okay, so there's a thing in, in D&D. Um, there's basically two different kinds of ways that spellcasting works. Oh, okay, well, that's, that, that's not the right way to it. There actually is two different ways <laughs> spellcasting works. So there's the one everyone uses and then the one warlocks use, which is a totally different topic altogether. But there's two ways that you can, like, know spells, I guess. Um, Mm -hmm. the sorcerer and the bard and a couple other classes, the way they do it is that every time they gain, uh, okay, well on, on their class table where it says all the abilities they get every level and also like how many spell slots they have every level, they'll also have a number of how many spells they know. And every time they go up a level and that number increases, they can choose that many more spells to know and they put Mm -hmm. it in their, their spell list and then that's it. Those are the like. Those are locked in. Those are the spells they can know. Mm-hmm. They will make. It, they can't really get access to any other spells until they level up again. Whereas and... other casters like clerics and wizards can prepare spells every long rest. Mm-hmm. They have access to a ton of spells and they can just prepare a limited amount. But still, they have access to so many spells.
1: Yes. Uh, also,
0: I lost my train of thought. Um, th- what, what this means... We will return. <laughs> is, uh, uh, we'll, we'll be right back. Um, is that if fits in flavorfully with how sorcerers work, it makes sense compared yeah. to, like, how wizards work. They
1: get it, like, from their, like, their blood. Yeah, line, it's like, and it's and like, they just, like, make know it. That, like, when they get more powerful.
0: Yeah. They, they're, they're not, like, wizards who are, like, preparing certain spells and stuff. It's just, uh, um, it's not, it's, it's quite a weak... Uh, aspect mm. of them, and it it really it really matters a lot, actually. Yes.
1: All right. I remember what I was gonna say. The only way that you can swap spells, like as a sorcerer, you, oh, like I learned this spell when I was, you know, second level, and now I'm here at like fifteen. I don't really care about that spell anymore. You can only swap one spell every time you level up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's so you can't like oh I'm gonna go for a completely different like spell list no you can only change one
0: yeah it's uh oh not only that they do have a smaller spell list than like the wizard but I mean the wizard just has the biggest spell list ever so um mm-hmm. but yeah that's that's uh, that's definitely weakness plus them being a weak little fragile person okay <laughs> race and background right. synergy this is like the stuff that uh works well. If you want to make a a good sorcerer or like a pretty strong sorcerer, um, taking these races or backgrounds or whatever can work really well with it. Of course, you guys can do whatever you want. You build the character you want. This is just um, if you want to uh, get, you know, be be, be pretty strong and cool. Mm -hmm.
1: So as we were saying earlier, sources are Charisma casters and they use Charisma mainly and Constitution also. So... Things like half-elves and tieflings make really good sorcerers because they get bonuses, things like that.
0: Yeah, um, Uh. okay, so, Gabe, his character, Rassikar, uh, was neither of these. His character was an asimar, Um, which I still don't know that's how it's pronounced. I don't think there's a good way to pronounce it if you look at the word. <laughs> it, it, it feels like it's just a dumb word. Anywho, yeah. he was an asimar. What I'm just gonna say that's how it's pronounced, and that's uh, a race in Volo's Guide to Monsters. Um,
1: There are also, like, five different versions of the Asimar, so...
0: Yeah, there's, like, homebrew stuff we found. Anyway, they had a bonus to Charisma. That's why he chose it. So they're also good if you're using Volos Guide. But just from from core player's handbook, Half Elves and Tieflings are are pretty good. Half Elves, probably. Mm -hmm. I love Half Elves um, because they get plus two to Charisma and also plus one to two other ability scores. So you could do your plus one to Constitution and something else. Whereas Mm -hmm. Tieflings get plus 2 to charisma and plus 1 to intelligence. Um, But they also get some uh, access to some spells depending on your level, right? They get, like, Hellish Rebuke and stuff.
1: Oh, Tieflings. Yeah, oh, Tieflings,
0: Tieflings, yeah. So that could be nice because that gives you access to a couple more spells.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, not a ton of much to add on. There's nothing like, oh, like, this combination is broken with this race and this 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 but definitely want to if you're wanting to have a strong sorcerer choosing like a half elf or tiefling will help you better than choosing like a half orc but as always as you're saying earlier this is just like power level wise if you want to play against like the grain and go with like a half orc sorcerer who isn't the best what Whatever you want to do, go for yeah. that. This
0: is your power. D's not about being the most powerful, or whatever. It's just about having fun and you know, playing great characters and telling a good stories. So do whatever you want. <sighs> okay. This made me irritated. Um so, in the player's handbook, when you go through a class, there's a section um, right after it kinda of describes what the class is and before you get into the nitty gritty of all the abilities and all that kind of stuff. Proficiencies, there's a thing called quick build. And it tells you how to what things to kind of prioritize and choose real quick if you just want to build a sorcerer pretty quickly so you don't have to go through all the choices. So they say, first, make your charisma your highest, followed by constitution, which is good. I agree. Charisma should be the highest that you use for spellcasting. Mm-hmm. You want high constitution for concentration and not having to die so quickly. Um, <clears throat> and then it says to take the uh, cantrips. Light, press to the elevation. Uh, You know what I'm talking about. Prestidigitation. Ray of Frost (laughs) and Shocking Grasp. Um, Here's the thing. If you're a new player and you're like, hey, Sorcerer, don't take those cantrips. (laughs) Listen, if I die tomorrow, it will be okay because this is the most important thing I can ever impart on the world, okay? I will be remembered Mm -hmm. for saying this and saving so many people. Okay, I'm kidding. But actually, Gabe, (laughs) can you name... Can you just go off and just name a bunch of other better cantrips they should take?
1: <laughs> firebolt. It's a better damage cantrip. Firebolt. Than rare frost. Just firebolt. And way more applicable than uh, applicable blah, 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 blah. <laughs> gra- shocking grasp. Uh, and rare frost. Level up. A lot better than rare frost.
0: Uh, <laughs> um, okay. Light and press Fine digitation.
1: Fine cantrip. Fine light cantrips. Is really important.
0: Yeah. However, if you yeah. have like a cleric, in you probably they probably already have light. So don't take light if yeah. someone already has light. You only need one person to part of that light.
1: Press the digitation if you just want to roleplay and be cool. Yeah, that's fine. Or like thaumaturgy. Mei-chan, it was way more useful than taking a second damaging cantrip. It can come into play. With... There's so many options and things you can do with maitland.
0: It's yeah. quite
1: fun to play with. Uh,
0: for sorcerers, true strike
1: build. That are no. <laughs> I mean. Uh, <laughs> no. No. Nah. Nah, don't, don't take nah. Don't do it. Don't take
0: your shit. Don't take, don't take That was a joke. Um <laughs> <laughs> um no, but Hand is actually like one of the best cantrips in existence. I love it. It's my personal favorite cantrip. Yeah.
1: Um
0: now, keep in mind, I haven't been a PC, a player character a lot <laughs> in d and I've mostly GM'd. Um And even the times that I have been uh, a player, I don't even know if I've ever played a character with Mage Hand. However, I know from experience and just from knowing the spell, Mage Hand is amazing. And you can use it for so many cool things and be really creative with it. And it's such a great cantrip. Um, You don't need two damage cantrips. No. I don't know why they they suggest taking two damage cantrips. You never need two
1: damage cantrips.
0: Also, um, Ray of Frost... Is w- just worse than fi- it just is worse than Firebolt. Just take Firebolt. Yeah,
1: it's like the situations where Ray of Frost is better than Firebolt are so few. So few. And like yeah, <laughs> Ray of Frost doesn't get good until like later levels. Yeah. Where you can slow people down by like thirty feet or something.
0: I would say the but, uh... only strength, I mean weakness, of Firebolt is that fire is a very common damage type when it comes to resistances and stuff. Um, not a lot of people are, like, vulnerable to fire damage, but a lot of things are, like, resistant or immune to fire damage. Um, that would be the only drawback of Firebolt. Um, and if you have access to it, choose, um, Eldritch Blast. That's the best cantrip. A damaging, (laughs) that's the best damaging cantrip. Um. It is,
1: yes. Hands down the best damaging cantrip, but only the Warlock gets gets it. Yeah, so if you don't have access to it, Uh, then then take Firebolt. (laughs) Also one of the reasons why class in the
0: warlock um what yeah no. <laughs> seriously what? it's so good <laughs> any okay so that that was just a side note don't follow the quick mm-hmm. build of the sorcerer i've actually after i realized that i don't know like i, I should probably l- look through the other quick builds of other classes to see if there's any discrepancies um i wonder like what it says for like the wizard and stuff if it also says ray of frost and shocking grasp i'm gonna be really angry Um, okay, we also usually, in this section, talk about a good background, synergist background, but I'm gonna be honest here, I have no idea what background works well with a sorcerer. They say in the quick build, Hermit. Hermit? Yeah, I don't know, dude! What? I have no idea. What did you take? Noble?
1: I took Noble, yeah.
0: Yeah, just...
1: Backgrounds don't really offer much like mechanical advantages from one
0: to the next just choose the background very
1: niche situations
0: yeah uh choose a background that you want to choose that's based on your character's backstory um (laughs) hermit yeah there's nothing that that's like off the top of my head that's like really obvious stereotypical sorcerer because like a wizard is like sage obviously for Mm -hmm. a fighter it's like folk hero or soldier For, like, a ranger, it's outlander. I've never seen a ranger who's not had an outlander background. Um, But sorcerer, I have no idea. Because you could do, like, an urchin sorcerer who grew up in the urban thing. Mm -hmm. You can do one who grew up in a tribe, make him outlander. Anything. So, but, yeah. Sorcerer is one of those weird things. You do you, boo. Okay. (laughs) Moving on. We're going to spotlight some specific features that the uh, sorcerer gets. Mm. Uh, we already talked about spellcasting.
1: Yes. In case you don't know, sorcerers can cast spells.
0: <laughs> it's actually, it's pretty useful, from what i found.
1: It is. Casting surprise, is surprise. Cool. Magic.
0: Um, real quick though, I don't know how much we talk about this, but, um, we, I think we should just talk about real quick, just like, what it means to be like a spellcaster compared to other classes. Um, because I think spellcasting is a thing that's very daunting to lots of new players. Um, people tend to play a class that's not like a warlock, a wizard or a sorcerer or something like that because spellcasting is kind of daunting. Um, just, just, it is, it's more complex. Uh, (laughs) It's definitely like the next level of playing. Um, playing a fighter is much simpler than playing a spellcaster. But Gabe, since you played a spellcaster for two and a half years, what kind of sets it apart from like any other kind of playstyle, like a rogue or a paladin or whatever, like, what does it like mean to be a spellcaster?
1: Well, okay, play style wise, you can typically go down like one of like two paths, three if like you have access to healing spells. So you can be like a more blaster uh, spellcaster where you're like sitting in the back and you're casting like big damage like spells on enemies and just doing lots of damage each turn or you can go for like a control route where you're trying to control the battlefield by casting things that are like lock down enemies or you know, like modify the terrain and things like that. Uh, if you have access to healing spells, then you can obviously be a healer. Uh, Spellcasters can also be more of like a support if you build them that way where they're buffing their uh, allies, debuffing their enemies. But typically those spells are uh, more for like the cleric, bard. The wizard has some bard. Yeah. For a sorcerer, sorcerers work really well with being blasters. They can do a bit of battlefield control. Their spell isn't big or whatever, but spellcasters in D and D fifth edition are very powerful. They're yeah. very powerful. You can do a lot of yeah. things with magic that you have no way of doing if you don't have magic. If you're a fighter, your turn is typically going to be, um, okay, I'm going to move over here. Uh, I'm going to make an attack. Then I'm going to make another attack. Uh, yeah, that's, that's Yeah, move
0: Move to closest enemy. Whack twice with the sword. <laughs>
1: No, wait, um, no, wait, okay, and then action and surge, start. and
0: then a whack three more times. Then the action sword. surge. Yeah.
1: <laughs> for spellcasters, you have so many options of what you can do. Mm-hmm. You can try and search for a vantage point where you're away from, uh, da- away from like danger, and just like rain down hellfire from above. You can lock down certain enemies. You have a bunch of different spells to choose from on your turn. You have so many different yeah. options of what you can do, where you can go with your magic, mm-hmm. how you can help and your allies,
0: disadvantage yeah. your
1: enemies. You have a lot of options, and a lot of them are powerful.
0: And even just like outside of combat, spellcasters can just be really useful. Um, like mm-hmm. you know how a rogue hat is just really useful out of combat because they can sneak around, they can pick locks, they can disable traps, all that kind of stuff. Spellcasters even outside of ca- combat. Can You know, because they have access to all these different kinds of spells. They can make everyone faster. They can make everyone fly. They can uh, disguise everyone, like make everyone uh, put illusions over everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. They can make everyone breathe underwater. They can do so many things just utility-wise with their spells as well. They can make food out of thin air. They can detect um, enemies or, like, find a location. Teleport, which is, like, super useful. Um, Why'd you say it like a like a British person like yelling at their TV like telly port? <laughs> oh, uh, how how do I how do I what do I plug this in? Oh, just plug it into the teleport. Um, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh boy. Um, <laughs> we're there already. Um, no, but <laughs> but spellcasters just get access to all the, all this other cool stuff even outside of combat They're just they're just so versatile. They're so cool. And Mm -hmm. that's why spellcasters are awesome. Um, If you're someone who's kind of
1: magic's cool.
0: (laughs) If you're someone who's kind of new, they can like pull bunnies out of hats and like make cards disappear. It's really cool. Um, If you're someone who's kind of new to D and D and stuff, and magic is a little daunting and complex, that's fine. It is. Um, And and if you have a lot of fun playing a fighter or a rogue or whatever, that's great. Enjoy that. That's awesome. But if you're Mm. someone who has kind of played a lot of D and D and you kind of want the next step. Spellcasting is that next step. Um, getting into the more complex side, keeping track of spell slots, finding creative uses for all your different spells, all that kind of stuff. It's like another layer to the game, and it's so cool.
1: Yeah, it's really fun. All right, now we can get into, like, the abilities of the sorcerer, the kind of center of the part. Uh, first one is Font of Magic. You get this at uh, first level, I believe. I mean, no, mm-hmm. second level, sorry.
0: Second, yeah. First level, they're just a regular spotcaster.
1: Yeah, that's true. Second level, first level, so boring.
0: So boring. We well, you get subclass. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Which we're gonna talk about in a second. We'll talk about that later, yeah.
1: Font of Magic. This is, like, your first taste of what a sorcerer can do. And be... And become. <laughs> Sorry. I'm Wait, this is super sad. Like this.
0: Wait, have, did you see... This is super sad, and people don't want to hear this, but... Uh, did you see Critical Role's video about the telephone? No. Their storytelling telephone. So they played, like, telephone it, where, like, like they they sent, it. like, like, Matt told a story and, like, the next person had to watch it once and then try to tell it and then send it to the next person. Okay. Um, it was super funny, but, <laughs> like, Sam, like, just, like, adds stuff. <laughs> and at the end, he's like, and then Pumat Soul ate the stew and he became... Well, he became something more. (laughs) Like, he added that for, like, no reason. Anyway, it reminded me of that. Okay, sorry, continue. Alright, after that little aside. I might cut that out. Okay, go. (laughs) (laughs) Alright,
1: Thought of Magic, second level. You get access to this pool of. Stuff.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's a font pool of, of magic, actually, I was what I would call it.
1: Mm, really? Yeah. Wow. You should really name the ability of that.
0: Yeah. It's it's like a uh that pool of healing that paladins get. A pool of points. in mm-hmm. a in, points. an intangible pool of points. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and at second level. You look at, the, like, the font of magic and say, like, okay, I get sorcery points, and basically all I can do is turn them into spell slots.
0: Yeah, which... so... The even have amount of sorcery points equal to your level. Um, and you can spend them for cool stuff. But at second level, when you get it, all you can spend it on is to regain spell slots.
1: Yeah. Which can be very useful, like, later on. But sorcery points get way cooler once you get to third level. Yeah. But right now, like, using the sorcery points... To be able to gain another first-level spell slot can be really helpful in a lot of situations, you know, long adventuring days yeah. and all of that. I mean, getting an extra spell slot nice.
0: is at like those early levels is pretty strong. Getting mm-hmm. another use of Burning Hands or whatever can be can be really crazy. Um, so yes. raise, and just
1: like later on when you have more source three points, and like you can get way more spell slots. Yeah,
0: get another Fireball. Exactly. That's definitely useful. Um, just yeah. to kind of put this into perspective for you guys, it's two sorcery points for a first solo spell slot, three for a second, five for a third, six for a fourth, seven for a fifth, and you can't uh, create a spell slot higher than fifth. So, that's how much spell, uh, uh, sorcery points it takes to regain that kind of, that spell slot, and mm-hmm. you have an amount of sorcery points equal to your level. And it recharges...
1: It takes a bonus action to do this like conversion of sorcery points to spell slots, and you can do it the other way as well.
0: Oh, what that? I didn't even know that. Yeah. Oh my gosh! You can turn a spell slot into sorcery points. Mm Mhm. But less, though. You only get an amount equal to the slots level. Yeah. That's still cool, though. But
1: still, it can be really useful. Yeah. Alright, moving on to the fun part.
0: (laughs) The good stuff. Meta magic. So this is your this is your third level ability. Th- third level is kind of a turning point when it comes to yeah, it uh, character progression. It's like first, obviously, that's your first that's your starting character. Then third, then fifth, then like eleventh, and then like twentieth. <laughs> then it gets really spread out. Um, but third is kind of a turning point. It's where most classes get their subclass, um, mm-hmm. which is cool. Sorcerers get theirs at first level, um, but. So, metamagic is the thing that they get at third level, which is really cool.
1: Yes. Alright, metamagic. This is where you're going to be spending a lot of your sorcery points when you're playing a sorcerer. So, sorcery points, as we said earlier, you get equal to your level. So you're going to have, like, three at third level. Using those sorcery points, you can now not only use them to get more spell slots, you can now use them to change how your spells work. There are a number of options in the Player's Handbook, that you can spend sorcery points on, to alter like how a spell is cast, or how long it like lasts, or how far you can target someone, or even more. Yeah. So, there's several options here. I'm just gonna list them off real quickly: careful spell, distant spell, empowered spell, extended spell, heightened spell, quickened spell, subtle spell, and twin spell. Now there are two. And we're gonna give
0: you no context. That's it. Okay, moving on. That's it. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you.
1: Those are ahead above the rest. Yeah. But we're gonna talk about all of them.
0: Okay, so real quick. Also, the sorcery point cost on all these is quite cheap. Um, usually only one, one or two sorcery points for each of these. Um, which is really Mm -hmm. cool because that means when you get to like, pretty pretty, you know, higher levels like eight, eight and up, where you have eight sorcery points to spend. You know, most turns in combat, you can be using one of these options, um, mm-hmm. which is really cool. Okay, careful spell. One of the worst. Uh, I believe you can yeah. spend one sorcery point t- to choose a number of, choose cr- amount of creatures up to your charisma
1: modifier, yeah. and they automatically see- succeed on a saving throw against the spell. So if you're you're casting fireball in a really crowded area where you have a lot of allies there... You can use this to reduce the damage, not stop them from taking yeah. the damage, which makes that uh, succeed on the saving
0: throw. Okay. Kind of sucks. Yeah, Gabe, why is this bad?
1: Because, alright. There's so many things you can do to make sure that you're not in position where you're going to have to use this. You can say, okay, I cast the fireball up in the ceiling instead, or you can work with your party and say, yeah. like, huh maybe we, like, move here so I can do a lot of damage to these people. You can...
0: Yeah, also... It's
1: also bad just because, okay. like, uh, the wizards get something, uh, vocation wizards, where you can just, like, okay, these people are fine. Yeah, just shape the
0: spell around them. Just bend the fire yeah. around them. Um, also, because a lot of uh, spells that, like, have an area of effect, um, it says choose creatures in the effect. And you just usually just don't choose your friends.
1: Yeah.
0: This can be useful sometimes. Sometimes.
1: Sure. But... Oh, by the way,
0: you can only choose two of these options. Mm -hmm. And those are the ones you get to use. A couple more later on. You gain like one more at 10th and one more at 17th or something crazy. Um, Mm -hmm. So basically, the two you choose when you start off are kind of going to be the only ones you're going to have access to. Um, for a while. So, yeah. choose carefully, and when I say carefully, I don't mean choose careful spell. Because careful <laughs> spells not good. Okay, next one.
1: <laughs> nice one. Thank you. Distance spell. This one is a bit more useful here. So it has two uses here. You can cast a spell that has a range of 5 feet or greater. You use like, one sorcery point, and it doubles the range of the spell. So, like, if you have a spell that has a range of, like, 30 feet, you can use this and cast it 60 feet instead. Quite nice. Also, this other thing here that can come into really cool, like, gameplay moments or whatever. You can do a lot of interesting things here, uh, depending on your subclass, what spells you have. When you cast a spell that has a range of touch, meaning, like, things like cure wounds, like that, not that sources get cure wounds, but instead, you can cast it. Spend one sorcery point and it has a range of thirty feet. Mm-hmm. This can be like really interesting for a lot Wait, of Wait, I just realized our limited.
0: That's why shocking grasp is good. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Anyta- I mean
1: <laughs> Yes, you can do it when Any, you have this. Anytime you like- want to
0: spend a sorcery point on a cantrip. Ooh. Um no, this that, that's really cool because the first one that came to mind was my mind was banishment. Mm, yeah, because because banishment Things is like that, yeah. Usually you have like, to, like, to like run up to them, and hope they fail the saving throw. Otherwise, they're going to kill you when it comes to their turn with all their melee attacks because <laughs> you ran up to them. But now you can still stay safely in the back, and yeah. banish them. Yeah, far a lot away. more
1: options, and like even mind like a lot of like spells that are touch are balanced around you have to put yourself into danger. Yeah, to cast them. Uh, so this is like. A buff to those
0: spells, essentially, mm-hmm. for a sorcerer. Also, the thing that you can double the range of the other range spells mm-hmm. is really cool. Wait, I want to look something up real quick. I'm gonna look All up right. a specific spell we'll and see if that. this is I'm crazy.
1: Gonna... There's like a fun build that you can do with a sorcerer and warlock. to cast like eldritch blast from like I think it's like half a mile away.
0: Okay, so I just found something. Like spell as well. So I looked it up, and the, the ninth level spell Meteor Swarm has a range of a mile. So with this, you spend a single sorcery point, and you can make a Meteor Swarm two miles away. <laughs> Talk about range. <laughs> two miles. Two miles. Two miles away. That must, that, that must be oh, that's awesome. That's bloody. What a good life okay empowered spell uh this means that you spend a sorcery point and you can re-roll an amount of damage dice from one of your spells uh equal to your charisma modifier you have to use the new rolls um and you can also
1: use this uh metamagic option alongside another metamagic option typically you're limited to only being able to use one of these options per spell yeah but this is one that you can use, uh, in conjunction with others.
0: Yeah. Um, which is, which is cool. Um, yeah, it's, uh, okay. We're, we're, we're still yeah. getting to the good ones. This is definitely yeah. in like, I mean, better than careful spell. I would say probably, mm-hmm. I don't know how, how it matches up to distant spell.
1: I would say it's less useful than Distance Spell.
0: I don't know, but this Distance right. Spell, I just feel like, won't come into play all the time. But, like, Empowered Spell, like, you're always doing damage spells in combat. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because as a spellcaster, you, you'll, nice, you'll, you'll usually find a way to, like, get in damage, range, you know? To get in range enough to do your spells. And, like, mm-hmm. usually the GM will build encounters so that there'll be enough, you know, room and stuff for you to be able to... Eat use most of your ranged spells without having to, like, increase the range of them. So, I would say empowered spells is probably a little more relevant. I don't know how s- strong it really is. Mm-hmm. I mean, re-rolling three, four, five dice, and they're, like, D6s most likely, because a lot of spells just have, like, the damage is usually just, like, mm-hmm. a number of D6s. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if you have spells that use higher uh, dice... Then I would say this is good as things that roll multiple d10s or d8s or something. Yeah, if your character's
1: based around just spamming fireball, then...
0: Yeah, because rerolling a d6 is not, like, a ton of damage. But, I mean, I know they don't get access to the spell, but, like, inflict wounds, being able to reroll all of those d10s and stuff can be devastating. That's, like, an extra... that could be, like, an extra 10-15 damage, so... Okay, it's okay. It's pretty good. I mean, whatever. Alright, the next one is Extended Spell. This
1: one is so situational that I wouldn't choose it just because you get so few meta magic options. Extended spell basically when you cast a spell that has a duration of a minute or longer, you can spend a sorcery point and double its duration to a maximum of twenty-four hours. It's very situational,
0: I mm-hmm. think. Yeah. Eh. I mean Sure. I mean, some spells could really use this because like if you can make your sleep last, you know, two minutes instead of one minute, like that could be pretty useful. Give you enough time to run away or other things. I mean, like, you know, there are definitely some spells that this, you know, getting another round of combat with like an enemy incapacitated or stunned from a spell could be pretty, mm-hmm. pretty strong. Um. Yeah, I'd probably put it at like distant spell level. Um, yeah,
1: I'd say it's a bit more like niche than distance spell, just because. Yeah, it, the it amount is, of things that it it applies, the amount of yeah. spells it applies to is smaller. Yeah, but is there the are niche. uses for it.
0: It just depends on the spells that you choose. Um, I wish you could spend an amount of sorcery points as you want to increase the duration, instead of just being able to double it. Mm. Uh, maybe that would be too strong, actually. Okay. Heightened spell. They sleep and they
1: sleep for three years.
0: Heightened spell is one that is not an option you're going to take at third level, but instead probably the one you're going to take at, like, 10th or 17th. Um, basically you can spend three sorcery points, which is a lot, to give mm-hmm. one target of a spell disadvantage on its saving throw. uh okay. Like I said, when you get to higher levels, all of your spells are going to be saving throws. Um... It's going to be like, okay, like, all the different spells you cast, the the strong spells at higher levels, all require saving throws. And giving your target disadvantage can be really strong. Making them take Mm -hmm. full damage from that disintegrate or whatever can be really dope. But it is three sorcery points, which is a lot, which means, you know, once you get to higher levels when you have a ton of sorcery points, it's not going to be as badly, you know, hurt you as badly as if you're third level. (laughs) Um... But it, legendary resistance
1: exists, so... Yeah, exactly. That's, that's exactly what I was going to say. When you're casting something you really want them to fail it, and you're, you do this, they can still succeed. Like If you're a higher level, which is when this is going to be most applicable, where you're casting a lot of spells that have saving throws, and you want people to fail, and you have enough sorcery points to be able to budget this out, there still is so many things that can
0: cause us to just, like, essentially do nothing. Yeah. You know? It's not like they automatically fail the save. Mm-hmm. Also, it's only one target, so if you cast, mm-hmm. like, Fireball, only one of those goblins is going to get disadvantage. <laughs> but, you know, maybe it would be too broken if you could do everyone. Because, like, okay, I cast Meteor Swarm on those 100 guys, and they all have disadvantage. Um, I mean, I, that's irrelevant with Meteor Swarm, because they die anyway. Okay. That Titan spell, Uh first of all, you only want to take it when you're higher level, and also, it kind of, its use is diminished by the fact that legendary resistance exists. Yeah. Okay. But what's now, the next one? We we'll get to now the good we ones. Get on to yes the
1: three best ones.
0: <laughs> the three bombs.
1: Yes, these are bangers. These last these are, three.
0: These are. Knock this idea out of the park. Bangers. Yeah, okay.
1: Alright, first one up, Quicken Spell. Oh my goodness. (laughs) Is this
0: not the most broken thing in existence? This is
1: crazy, and I'll explain later how crazy this is and why it's crazy. So, when you cast a spell, there's a casting time of one action. This is a lot of the spells you're going to be casting. Every spell. You can spend (laughs) two sorcery points to change the casting time to a bonus action for this casting.
0: Oh, my
1: goodness. So, there's an action economy in D&D 5th edition, where typically a lot of times you'll only be able to cast one spell per turn. And the spells that are, like, bonus action spells to take a bonus action to cast
0: them are typically, you know, weaker or not explicable. Except for spiritual weapon, obviously, because spiritual weapon's stupid and broken. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: this changes the game for sorcerers. This is one of the things that really sets it apart as being able to do a lot of damage a turn. So, picture it like this. And there's also a ruling in here that you should keep in mind. Uh, I'll say it before I get into it. When you use your bonus action to cast a spell, you can only cast another spell that turn if it's a cantrip. It's kind of a niche th- thing, It's doesn't come into play a lot except for like with the sorcerer, with the fighter, uh, bard I guess. This yeah, it comes into play a little bit, but you want to keep that in mind here, so if you use Quicken's spell, you can essentially cast a cantrip and then cast another spell in one turn.
0: <laughs> it's stupid. And at higher levels, case okay, so let's just say you're 5th level, okay? Your firebolts mm. are dealing 2d10 damage. That's pretty crazy. So, as a mm. bonus action and for only 2 sorcery points as a bonus action, you're able to firebolt 2d10 damage towards the biggest threat on the battlefield. You still have your action to cast like fireball or fly or haste or something insane yeah. in one t- in one turn. In one turn yeah bonkers oh my goodness cooking spell is so good it's only
1: two sorcery
0: points and also this is why true strike can be useful by the way sure (laughs) sure (laughs) maybe um yeah but just keep in mind that you can't do like disintegrate and blight on the same turn um you can't cast two spells uh one of them has to be a cantrip keep that rule in mind, because otherwise this would be the most broken thing mm-hmm. in existence. Still, <laughs> very strong. It's pretty good. It's very strong. Okay, the next, right, one, next one is not... I love this one. At, at, at first glance, it seems bad. Like, one of the worst, even. But, you from experience, this is really, really strong.
1: All
0: subtle right, spell. So it's subtle and, spell. Yeah, it means whenever you cast when a spell... When you
1: cast a spell...
0: Oh, who's oh. playing? near you? <laughs> okay, it's hard. We're doing this over a call, so we can't see each other, so we don't, like, know when the other person's, like, done talking. Yeah,
1: there's like, a, little talking. Of a delay between the two of us talking. Yeah, which is a little <laughs>
0: difficult. Okay, I got this. I got this. Subtle spell. When you cast a spell, right. you can spend one sorcery point to cast it without any somatic or verbal components. <sighs> Great for sorcerers. Bad for anyone they're fighting.
1: Mm-hmm. So... It looks, like, really underpowered at first, like, okay, so what? But when you get to the point where you're fighting a lot of people who have counterspell, oh, my goodness, a subtle spell will come into the spotlight. (laughs) So, basically, you can spend one sorcery point to just make sure that your spell isn't counterspelled. Like, I was getting, like, so annoyed, like, oh, my goodness, I'm getting counterspelled this and that and this and that. I remember one situation where there were, like, eight people in the room who all had counterspell.
0: Yeah. Keep, keep, keep in but, mind, our, our campaign, the main villain group of people were spellcasters. Mm-hmm. So it's... we. So it came up a lot. different. It came up a lot. But, I mean, even still, you're, you're going to be fighting against spellcasters at high levels, mm-hmm. like, guaranteed.
1: You want to spend one sorcery point to make sure that your spell goes off. It's so big later on. Yeah. And... It's also really cool in, like, roleplay situations where you can, like, cast a spell without anyone noticing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, also, my
0: goodness.
1: Yeah. I love subtle Also,
0: spell. in the niche situation where, like, you're underwater and you can't speak or you're you're, you're mm-hmm. tied down or you're stuck in a web so you can't move your hands or whatever. Um, or
1: you're silenced.
0: Or, yeah, you're silenced, anything, silenced. like, in those niche circumstances, it also helps. Um... Now, as a starting Metamagic option, I don't know how powerful it is because you won't be counterspelled a lot at those early levels and stuff. I think
1: it's like like, 10th level. Yeah. But
0: I mean... It... Like, in the last campaign, I mean, it proved itself to be Mm -hmm. maybe the most powerful of the options. At least for our campaign and our situation. I feel like. Just just Mm. fighting off against those people who will counterspell. Because, I mean, the other... The Mm -hmm. cleric in the party was getting his powerful magic, you know, healing spells and stuff counterspelled. And for Gabe to get his crazy, you know, damaging spells off without it getting counterspelled, I mean, is just very strong. Yeah. Okay, last last broken now, one.
1: we come to another banger.
0: Yeah, really, really. Like, re- there, like there, but... really good.
1: <laughs> really. All right. This one is Twinned Spell. Ugh. Oh. When you cast a spell that targets only one creature and doesn't have a range of self, so like, you can't do this if you're casting something on yourself, like mage armor, you can spend a number of sorcery points equal to the spell's level to target a second creature in range with the same spell. This means (laughs) you can blight two people. You can disintegrate two people. Yeah. With the same spell. You don't have to spend another, like, spell slot. Okay,
0: targets another wait, person. Wait, wait, wait. We didn't get to the best one. You can haste two, pe- two people. Wait, no, wait, no, wait, wait, wait. Concentration, concentration, no. Right?
1: No, yeah, it still works. We did it. I, I did this. I planned this out, like, for one of the encounters. I, like, when I got haste, I was like, wait a second. Wait, but what about concentration? I can... It's the same spell.
0: Oh, you're just targeting two... You're just... Inc- Changing mm-hmm. the target It's just like Yeah <laughs> Yeah cause I remember you did that Cause I mean that's Bonk That is Okay okay, okay 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 So just imagine this Your fifth level Okay <laughs> You have five sorcery points Yes You spend three of them Which is more than half of what you have But For the whole boss battle Your barbarian and your fighter Are both Hasted Are you kidding me <laughs> That's insane. Or, yeah. you're fighting your big bad. You cast Disintegration on him. Twice. Now, if no, that's you not a... That. You can't do that. Why that's, not? That's not... You have to target uh, a different. You have to target a different. Yeah. Okay, well, sure. You Two guys. You cast disintegrate on two enemies. This is also, yeah, just a great way for burning one spell slot, but making uh, people use lots of Legendary Resistance, because you're just... Mm-hmm them with more spells. value baby dude this is value now yeah wait
1: they did release an errata for this just recently to try and nerf it a bit because one of the crazy things you can do with twin spell is you can cast uh oh, chain lightning
0: oh oh because that's a single target
1: yeah you target a single person at the start
0: and then it and branches, then it branches
1: off. off to two more people So basically, if there's, like, you're fighting against, like, three enemies, you cast Chain Lightning twin it, and everyone just gets hit a billion times. Yeah. Uh, they did, like, add an errata for this. A lot of people don't keep up with the errata, so if you, like, really care about exactly how you think, like, the, uh, D&D 5th edition team thinks things should be balanced, then you can check that out. If not, if you just want to go with what's in the player's handbook and all that, totally fine. I just want to throw that
0: in there if you're real sick with the rules. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because that's insane. Uh, twin is really cool. Yeah. I have a question. So you know that rule you were saying about like how you can't use two options? Yeah. So like, when you use quicken spell, you're using it on the cantrip, right? That's the spell you're using quicken spell on? Depends. Right, because like, if you want a fireball as your bonus action, then you use quicken spell and firebolt. No, I,
1: you. Yeah, you quicken the fireball. Not sure. The, not the
0: yeah. Cantrip. No, no, the, the, no, the firebolt. You quicken the cantrip. Firebolt. You've, you quicken the cantrip, right? Or it's irrelevant, I guess. Which one you quicken? But what I'm saying is, if you quicken the cantrip then you can twin the big spell.
1: I think you're limited to I think you have to quicken the bigger spell. No. When you, so you cast a sp- bonus action to cast a spell, you can only cast another cantrip that turn. You only do it if you only cast Oh, a
0: okay. I, yeah, I don't know how the rules work. Because I was thinking, like, that's insane. You get to, like, fireball as bonus action plus twin blight or whatever that's... That's boggers. Um. Okay, that's fine. Even so, that's boggers. Bonkers.
1: Bonkers. Okay.
0: (laughs) Um. Anyway, twin spell amazing. Quicken spell also great. Subtle spell, good at higher levels. Really strong at higher Mm -hmm. levels. The other ones are pretty cool. You can get them if you want. Otherwise, take quickened and twinned because you love yourself. Okay. That's what magic is. Really cool. That's, that's, like, that's the stuff that really sets the Sorcerer apart. Yes. Really makes him awesome.
1: Now we're going to move on to the subclasses. I have beef with the subclasses. I
0: have major like beef with the subclasses. Um, let's start by saying this. The Sorcerer subclasses are the worst subclasses I've ever seen in a class. Of all the base <laughs> stuff in the Player's Handbook... These subclasses are not only mechanically bad, well, I don't even know if they're mechanically bad. I barely. I don't want really to get to think about them. I don't know if they're that mechanically bad, but they are just weird. And just the flavor's weird. I, I don't like it. I don't like them at all. Okay. Yeah. Let's get into them.
1: Alright. So, first one Draconic Bloodline. Basically, you have Draconic Blood. Whoa. You choose like a uh, dragon color and you gain. Wait, is it? No, no, oh, no. Wait, no, that's later. No, that's later. Sorry. That's later. Yeah. Sorry, 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 sorry. At first level, uh. Yeah, you'll choose the dragon that, like, is your ancestor or something like that. And you can, like, read and write Draconic, whatever. Speak it. Yeah, so,
0: like, if you choose, like, a gold one, then the damage type for gold is, like, fire. And that will come into play later on. Mm-hmm. That damage type. But at first level, it means nothing. Um, mm-hmm.
1: Also, first level, uh, it basically gives you this thing where you can, like, you get another hit, hit point, and you get that hit point every time you level up. So it makes you a little bit tankier. And also, your skin is, like, covered with, like, a thin layer of dragon-like scales. So your AC basically becomes kind of like... Uh, Mage armor, is like it's 13 plus your Dex modifier.
0: Yeah, oh, that's been better. It's it's pretty cool. Better. Basically, this subclass is yeah. just turning you into a, a dragon. By the way, so this is the first yeah. step, is, um scales, so it makes you a little mm-hmm. tankier. Uh, it minimizes some of your uh, uh, of a sorcerer's weakness, which is low health, low armor class. So that's kind of cool.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh then you can get like, at sixth level, elemental affinity. I hate it. <laughs> uh, sorry. <laughs> so, basically when you cast a spell with a damage type that's associated to the dragon that you chose, you gain Wait, no.
0: What? Okay. Oh. I'm... Yeah, whenever no, you, whenever you cast a spell like... that deals damage of the type associated with the dragon type you chose. Mm-hmm. So, if you chose golden fire, if you deal a, if you cast a spell that deals fire damage, you deal extra damage equal to your Charisma modifier! Wow! That's so cool! Plus, you can spend one sorcery point to gain resistance to that damage type for one hour! Wow! Wow! This sucks! Okay! Uh, <laughs> That's you get a 6th level. That's not a good ability. <laughs> okay, 14th though is really cool.
1: Yeah, 14th you get
0: wings. Yeah, that's it. That,
1: that, that's the ability. That's the ability. You get wings.
0: Um, and from what <laughs> we learned from playing D&D, a D&D campaign for two and a half years, mm-hmm. getting, taking a party from first to 20th level, is that uh, flying? Flight? <laughs> amazing.
1: Mm-hmm. Flight is really good.
0: Flight is amazing. Um, mm. Another thing that makes Quicken spell great is, like, you can make casting fly a bonus action and then, like, disengage or something. With your main action, and, like... Yeah. D- flying is just beautiful.
1: You can twin fly.
0: Oh. You did yeah. that once, right? Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. so... Uh, yeah. So, but now you can just fly, like, forever. You can use a bonus action to, like, grow and retract wings into your body. Dragon wings. Which is actually really cool. Yeah. Okay, and the last and then one then is, like, Frightening level, Presence, right?
1: Which you're not gonna get. Two, most likely, yeah. But at 18th level,
0: <laughs> you can like frighten people,
1: like but a, like a dragon action and five sorcery points.
0: <laughs> um, so dra- most dragons, like ancient and adult dragons, at the beginning of their turns, they have this ability called like frightful presence or something, where anyone in like an area effect around them has to make a wisdom save or become frightened by it from them, unless they've already succeeded on the save before. Pretty powerful mm-hmm. for when you're fighting dragons. It. Just matches up to flavor because dragons are awesome and majestic and scary, and you're basically kind of getting that. Except it—it's not like it just happens at the beginning of your turn. It takes an action and five sorcery points. Uh, you're never doing discarded. this. Start Okay. Uh. Yep. Uh, frightening is pretty and strong, you but just a minute. Yeah. And it requires concentration. <laughs> yeah. So when you're 18th level, you have so many better things to do with your action and your concentration.
1: Yeah. Um.
0: Okay. That's draconic it's... bloodline. Here's the thing. It's not, like, too... It's not bad, really, mechanically. It's not too bad. A couple of the abilities are, like, lacking, but some are really cool. Definitely the wings. Um, it's just, like... Okay, so Draconic Bloodline is one. So if you kind of want to play someone from, like, a Draconic Bloodline. But, you know, you also want a character who can have some other kind of background, right? You want some... You want some others... If you want to build a character, you know, who has... Who got their magic in a different way or something different. Well, there's only two options, Draconic mm-hmm. bloodline and wild magic we're about to get into. Uh, well Gabe is because I don't understand it. Um Wild magic is just crazy. And it's just like it's... there's no like subclass for just like I don't know, like basic sorcerer stuff. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. that that's kinda open for you to kinda come up with your own background. It's either like you came from a dragon thing, or you're some chaotic your powers come from like chaotic raw magic thing. Which is like what? I like oh okay, okay.
1: A lot of people have beef with the wild magic subclass, and we'll get into why.
0: I don't even know wild how it magic works.
1: It's <laughs> basically just all based around chaos. In theme, and in, in mechanics. <laughs> Sorry, at first level, you get this thing called wild magic surge. Uh. When you cast a Sorcerer spell of, like, first level or higher, the DM can have you roll d d20. What? What? It's so weird. If you roll a 1, roll on the Wild Magic Surge table to create a random magical effect. Alright, so let's think about that for a second. So when you cast a spell, the DM can make you roll a d20. Then...
0: If you roll a one, you have a one out of twenty chance. On the magic a one out of twenty table. chance to get a, a, like a random magical effect occurs. Mm-hmm. Okay, which we'll get into in a second. Why? Your DM says. Why? So. Do, why does that have the clause about the DM allowing you to do it? So weird. Huh. I don't know. Just have you every time you cast a spell roll a d twenty. Why is there a weird clause about if the, the if the DM wants you to? There's nothing nothing random about that. There's nothing chaotic about the DM controlling when you get to roll this dice. It's supposed to be a wild, chaotic, you know, subclass. And it's like, if the DM wants... Like, no other rule in D&D, in any other class, any other ability, has such a weird, fourth-wall-breaking thing. Where it's like, the DM can choose, if he wants, maybe, for you to roll a d twenty. Okay. That you
1: might roll a 1 on.
0: Okay, now let's... Now, what is this Wild Magic Surge table that... When you eventually well, roll you have, a it's 1...
1: Finished with this... Yeah. Let's with what? You get a level 1. So, also, you get this thing called Tides of Chaos, which basically you can, like, manipulate chances. So, uh, like, when you gain advantage on the attack roll or saving throw, you can, like, choose to do so. Like, once per long rest. And when you... Uh... Wait, no. Yeah, once per long rest... And uh, any time that you regain the usage of this feature, the DM can have you roll in the wild magic search table. Like,
0: yeah. Immediately after you cast a sorcerer spell at first level or higher, you then regain the use honestly, of this feature. The wording of this is just, like, really weird. Really weird and confusing. Also, why? Why does the DM have control? It's so annoying! <laughs> Is this just, like, made so, like, the
1: DM can, like, screw with the players yeah, micro
0: micro <laughs> micromanage the sorcerer? Um, okay. I don't know. Other than, like, the weird second sentence, which I literally don't understand. Um, basically, you, like, you, get like, have this one use of this feature, which regains every long rest, and you just get an advantage on, like, a d20 roll. Which is cool, because <laughs> you're, like, controlling the tides of chance. I mean, it's really weak, but there you go. Okay, let's look at this... Magic, Wild that Magic Surge Table. The wording is just awful. So on the Wild Magic Surge right. Table, in the low chance you roll a natural one on that uh, d20 roll that the DM may or may not ha- has has you roll, you roll a d100, and a random thing happens with the spell, and boy, oh boy, are these chaotic. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, like... Let's... Wow. Let, who
1: What are they on? (laughs) They're like, ha!
0: Let's be random. Um. No, like, when we say, like, chaotic and weird, so, like, okay, so some of them are really, like, self-explanatory, like, very normal. Mm -hmm. Like, if you roll a 33 or 34, you maximize the damage of the next damaging spell you cast within the next minute. So that's cool. So it's Mm -hmm. it's like a little, you got a little buff for your next spell. Um, some of them are like uh, bad. Though. uh, Some of them are like
1: you cast fireball centered on yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Or you cast grease centered on yourself.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, Or. Okay, 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 okay. Now, so there's like some of those stuff, or like you can cast. You now have access to this spell real quick, or whatever. Mm -hmm. You you can now cast mirror image or fly or something. Okay, but so there's all that stuff, then there's like one where you regain all your expenditure sorcery points. You regain some hit points. Okay. But the majority of these are <sighs> Okay. <clears throat> a Modron, which is like a little mechanical creature. Mm-hmm. Chosen and controlled by the DM. Once again, let's 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 let the DM control everything. Appears in an unoccupied space within five feet of you, then disappears one minute later. <clears throat> what? Roll a D ten. Your height changes by a number of inches equal to the roll. If the roll is odd, you shrink. If the roll is even, you grow. <clears throat> no one what, what of my favorite is you grow a long beard made of feathers that remain
1: until you sneeze, at which point the feathers explode out from your face.
0: What? <laughs> oh, here's a good one. Your oh, you skin blue! Your skin turns a vibrant shade of blue. <clears throat> um. Oh, oh here, here's a great one. You turn into a potted plant until the start of your next mm. turn. While you're a plant, you're incapacitated and have vulnerability to all damage. If you drop to zero hit points, Your pot breaks, and your form reverts. Or, 95 and
1: 96, you and all creatures within 30 feet of you gain vulnerability to
0: piercing damage for the next minute. It's very specific, but like, at least that's like a mechanical thing. You know what I mean? It's it's not like, it's not like, (laughs) illusory butterflies and flower petals flutter in the air within 10 feet of you for the next minute. Oh, oh, oh. Your hair falls out, but grows back within 24 hours. For the next minute, you must shout when you must speak. must shout when you speak. What? Guys, guys, what is this? Seriously, what is this? I, I'm, you cast Polymorph
1: on yourself. If you fail the saving throw, you turn into a sheep for the spell's duration.
0: I... But then one is, like, super powerful, like... Up to three creatures you choose within 30 feet of you take 40-10 lightning damage. At first level, or like the early level, like, that's insane. Mm-hmm. But, like, or your skin turns blue. Forever, by the way. Like, blue forever. Unless it's removed by a, a powerful spell. Guys. What?
1: <sighs> they went for chaos. They went for chaos.
0: Okay, look, I get... And they got... Not dumb. not all campaigns are, like, you know, serious and... You know, some are, like, fun and weird. And you just play, it, you know, just to hang out with your friends. And you guys have, you know, you name, your characters, funny things. Or, and you, like, you know, that's fine. Those campaigns are really great and fun and stuff. And this is clearly made for that. But is it... I'm not even going to get into the rest of the... Subclass because I don't yeah. literally don't care. If it's you're like not
1: you only play this if you're going for a game like, you know, like that, just like a fun campaign where everyone's like messing around, yeah, you know, joking left and right, yeah, which is to- which is totally and great and that.
0: finding And those campaigns and adventures can be really mm. fun, but don't make this a base subclass. Good lord, <laughs> make it an unearthed arcana or something. That if people want to add that spice and fun randomness to their quirky, fun game, they can do. Otherwise, could you give us a subclass? Okay, so what this means is that as a sorcerer, you are essentially restricted to the Draconic Bloodline subclass. Which means you have to build a character who, that's where his sorcerer powers came from. His Draconic Bloodline. That's so (laughs) stupid. (laughs) This is why we hate sorcerer subclasses. And this is why Gabe didn't choose a sorcerer subclass.
1: From the player's handbook. Yep, I went and found another one. Okay. Just, like, imagine, like, you're, like, casting a spell, and it's, like, the end of a boss fight, and then all of a sudden, you can't speak, and when you try, pink bubbles float out of your mouth.
0: Like, Um, I hate it. So much. Yeah. I'm very irritated. Um, every time I flip <laughs> the player's handbook, and on this page spread, there's like a picture of like a dragonborn sorcerer holding a wand. And I'm pretty sure it's cool because it's attributed to just sorcerers in general, but also maybe to the draconic bloodline because he's a dragonborn. Except it's on the page where it starts describing wild magic. So every time I see that picture, I'm like, ugh, wild magic. And then I have to flip the page and see the dumb table. Yeah.
1: Okay. I, I hate it because it looks like he has holes in his hand.
0: Yeah, like, it's... Okay, whatever. We're not going to talk I, about the art piece, yeah. but...
1: I've, I've got beef with that piece of art.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we should... Wait, we should do an episode where we just go through, through the D&D books and, like, just talk do commentary on the art. Um, I'd be down. <laughs> actually, that sounds kind of fun. That, that can be a bonus episode. <laughs> um, anywho, sorcerer subclasses, I I hate him Like, it, Draconic one's cool. Like, that's fine. That's a cool sorcerer subclass, but it means... If that's that
1: you, what you had in mind. Yeah, opinion, it means it you character. have to play that. If you
0: want to play any other kind of sorcerer, I guess you have to choose Wild Magic, which, by the way, can be micromaged by the DM. And if you roll a one, well, now you roll a random effect that's super imbalanced and really weird. And I hate it. Okay, cool. Now let's go to play style. Um, I literally have a meeting in 10 minutes, so we have to close this up. Um, play style. Gabe, what kind of people would like this, would like a sorcerer and stuff?
1: People who want to do magic.
0: Alright, thank you so much for listening. Uh, no. <laughs> mm.
1: <laughs> okay, people who will enjoy playing a sorcerer are people who you know, are interested in playing a spellcaster and they like, like the resource management of spell slots and all that and want more of that. You know, you want resource... Like, you have your spellcasting to resource manage. You have the sorcery points to manage you have your metamagic options you have a lot of options here basically you have options and options and options how what spell are you going to cast how are you going to cast it
0: yeah 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 it's it yes yes also keep in mind they're all also like charisma casters so if you want your spellcaster mm-hmm. to like have high charisma then it works well yes. uh with a uh, sorcerer um or you just like you know like you like the concept about where their magic comes from. That's the kind of spellcast you want to play. I would not. I would obviously
1: quirky wild magic. Super quirky. Um,
0: I would not play sorcerer. Obviously, if you're someone who doesn't really want to do spellcasting or that's a little too daunting for you. Um, however, it is one of the easier spellcasting classes. Like wizard and cleric can get kind of confusing because you have to prepare spells. With a wizard, you literally have to keep an external book. Um, to track the spells you know and all this weird stuff. Um, so just... Yeah. Sorcerer's one, one of the, the simpler ones and it's pretty cool. Um, or, yeah, if you're a spellcaster who wants to kind of be like that. Yeah. Um, just find uh, some other subclasses. Um, I think the ones in Xanathar's Guide are cool <laughs> from what I've seen.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They're nice Yeah and not wild magic and amazing. Um, someone's probably going to get pissed at us from making, like, beating on wild magic, because that's, like, their favorite thing in the world, probably, but, hey, <laughs> you know what? <sighs> okay.
1: But, but, but I like turning into a potted plant in the boss fight. Potted po- Potted po- <sighs> I mean, I can imagine places where that could be pretty funny. Like, you're in a boss fight, and then your sorcerer just turns into a potted plant, and then, like... Yeah, funny everyone for everyone but the sorcerer. So
0: the sorcerer can come back. Everyone except for the sorcerer who just feels like the rest of the, them in the battle is just lost. I that's cruel, 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 cruel <laughs> subclass, mm-hmm. and also really confusing and badly worded. <laughs> yeah,
1: the wording is really bad there.
0: Yeah, but I mean the ones in Zenithar's. There's like a Sun Soul. No, that's a monk. There's a Celestial one, which is cool. Like monk. Yeah, sorry. There's a Celestial one, which is cool. I think there's also, like, a Storm one. I don't know if that's true.
1: Um, not entirely sure. Maybe. I know that there's Unruclercana. There's, like, the Phoenix, uh, Storm, and...
0: maybe that, maybe it's like, Maybe yet. it is Phoenix-attributed. Anywho, that's the Sorcerer. Okay, guys, thank you so right. much for listening the podcast um this one was fun i love doing class spotlights
1: yeah it's always fun to go through and like pick apart a class what we like and don't like <laughs> and turns out that we have opinions and we like to talk about opinions
0: <laughs> this was almost <laughs> as good as the ranger one for sure um oh, the ranger oh, the, the ranger. ranger you know if you have listened to the ranger subclass uh the ranger class spotlight before or just you know even if you have go listen to it again because it's great um, yeah. Okay. Uh, once again, fun we have all that we're gonna ho- hopefully releasing soon. More homebrew stuff and things for this for you guys in quarantine. Um, so keep up to date uh, on our Discord or our Instagram at D20 underscore Academy. Uh, what's next week's episode, game? Player characters. Yeah. PCs. So Not we're going to be, be talking about. You're
1: listening to this on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so we should be talking about all kinds of stuff that has to do with PCs. Backstories and creating player characters, or whatever it is, um, that one is not playing going to them, be. Yeah, yeah there's not going to be D and D related as well. So, because class these class spotlights are, are specifically D and D, but if you're playing Pathfinder, Shadowrun, any other kind of role-playing game, uh, next week's episodes will will uh, will be able to apply to you. Okay. All right.
1: Without further ado, have a good day.